Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, welcome to Foothills um, and our special we're doing baptism service. Everybody got baptized in the way in here, right? I mean, the weather is awful. Thank you for braving the storm and the cold and uh, all of that to be here. I want to welcome those who are worshiping with us online, those who are worshiping with us in our Pendleton campus. Can we give it up for them? Hey, you guys over there. And all of us here in little old Seneca, we're going to worship together. It's awesome. I love it. Hey, um, God is doing some great things, and I am so pumped about this. You know, we're We've got baptisms today, and Pendleton is going to be, I believe they've got people scheduled to be baptized there, which will be like our third week already start, since we started, and we're already touching people's lives, and it's, it's awesome, and I'm so thankful for that. And so God's doing a great thing. Hey, uh, in exercise, there is a, um, there's this uh, phenomenon known as adaptation. And adaptation is just basically our body's response over time to adapt to whatever stress it's under. So that's a good thing, right? Because if you've ever gone to the gym, maybe you haven't gone to the gym in a long time, it's New Year's, you make your resolution, this year I'm going to get in shape, this year I'm going to go to the gym, and you buy your membership at Planet Fitness or somewhere, and, and so you, um, you show up. It's, it's January 2nd. You and a, and a bunch of other people show up, and you're going to exercise. But you haven't done it in five or ten years, and so the first day you show up, it's all you can do. I mean, like, you're winded by the time you walk to the car to the, to the front desk. You're already winded. It's like, my workout's over. But adaptation, because your body has this ability that God gave us, that if, like, six months later, if I were to say, hey, drop and give me 30 burpees, you, you, you might be able to do that. And that's because your body has adapted to it. It's, it's tried to get to this place where it's comfortable now and it's working really hard to get there. That, that is a really good thing. If, if you were a person who worked in an office and you lost your job and you looked around for a job and you've never done manual labor, but you find a job doing some construction, you're a drywall hanger and you go as a helper and the first day on the job, you've never done that kind of stuff and your boss says, bring me a sheet of drywall. It's heavy. It's awkward. It's all you can do to move that sheet of drywall over there, one, just like one piece over there. But if you were to do that for a year straight, because of this thing called adaptation, you'd be slinging drywall with the best of them because your body has that ability. And again, it's God-given. It's really good in those circumstances. However, the problem with that, let's get back to the exercise idea, that, that once my body adapts, it hits a plateau because it's looking for a place of comfort. I want to be comfortable so my body catches up and says, okay, well, let's just rest here for a while. But you're unable to grow beyond that unless you push through those limits by either adding weight adding volume or adding intensity. So once again, your body is disrupted from its place of comfort, and, it, and it, again, it's chasing adaptation. Now, the problem for most of us is that you've probably heard that, that phrase, no pain, no gain. That's where that comes from. You've got you to gotta push yourself in order to grow. And as a human being, all of us have this, this probably this uh, human response to life. We want to be comfortable. I don't know anybody that says, man, I'd love to be uncomfortable. We love this whole idea of comfort. We work our life around it. We want to have a comfortable life. We want to have a comfortable retirement. We want to have a comfortable job. We, want, we like the, the known and the predictability of comfort, even though sometimes it's not best for us. 
If I get in my car, it's all about me. It's all about my comfort. I get in and I adjust the seat to my comfort level. I can get it to the height I want. I can get it the distance from the pedals or the steering wheel that I want. I can recline it in a way that makes me feel comfortable. I can adjust the lumbar support to make me feel good. I can, I can put my heat or my air on. In my case, it's normally heat and it's all the way up to 90 because I'm always cold. It's like I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I want to get really comfortable, so I'm going to turn that heat up. And if that's not hot enough, I'll put the heated seats on. All right, and so I'm, I'm just comfortable. Then I get on the radio, and I find the station that makes me comfortable. I, 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 if, if I'm driving down the road and, and the instrument panel is too bright, I can, I, can, I can dim it a little bit to make me comfortable. I can do whatever I want because it's all about my comfort. This is the way that we are. Now, here's the problem. Here's the tension for most of us, for all of us probably, in that as followers of Jesus, we're never meant to be comfortable. God doesn't want us to adapt. We always have to be moving and pressing and growing and, and going beyond what is feeling good at the moment. This is, this is the, the fine line. And today we're continuing that series called Fine Lines, where we've been looking at some of these things, that there's this, there's this fine line between two things. Sometimes it's good or bad. Sometimes it's good or great. Today we're going to look at a fine line that a lot of us um, are going to have to work a little bit on. And the fine line we're going to talk about today is the fine line between being comforted and being comfortable. Being comforted and being comfortable. Now, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you two premises and then a kind of a concluding point, and then we're going to get to baptisms. But I want to challenge you as we talk today, as we look through this, and, and God's Word speaks to us directly that there are going to be, there's always an action step, again, because we don't want to ever hit that plateau and adapt. We want to move beyond our comfort zones and move into what God has for us today. And so the difference between being comforted and comfortable, let me, let me give the first kind of point, the first premise, the first observation from God's Word, and that's this. The need to be comforted brings us closer to God. The need to be comforted brings us closer to God. So being comforted is a good thing. If you've ever been in a situation where you faced a trial or tribulation because isn't life filled with those things sooner or later? If you've been on this planet more than a day or two, you probably recognize that life is filled with trials, tribulations, trauma, difficulties. It's just part of life. Now, sometimes, sometimes, just being honest, sometimes the reason I'm having struggles in my life are self-inflicted. They're just the, the consequence of a choice that I've made. They're the dumb tax for the things that I've done, and I'm just paying them. That's all it is. And I've, I'm, I'm the one responsible for it, but there's also those other kind of situations we find ourselves in. We had nothing to do with it. it we, we, didn't, we, didn't, we don't want it. We didn't ask for it, but we're dealing with it because life happens. It's part of life. It's like Jesus saying, hey, in this life, you're going to have trials. Jesus said the rain would fall on the just and the unjust, and that's very appropriate today as you walked in here. The rain fell, right? It doesn't matter. It, it, it's, it doesn't matter who you are or, or, or where you've been or you know, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not. There's going to be trials and struggles. So this idea of being comforted is a good thing because if you've ever been in those situations, and I know we have, where you're going through one of those trials and it's a difficult one and you're just, 
I mean, you can't explain it, but you feel God's comfort. Have you ever been there where you feel God's comfort? Like you can't see God, but you can feel God. And you experience what the Bible calls the peace that passes all human understanding. In other words, when you look at your life and what you're going through, you can't, even, you can't comprehend why you have this, this peace in the midst of that struggle. And that's because God is our comfort. He gives us comfort in those times. In fact, I have this conversation a lot. You've probably said this. I've said it a ton of times. When you're in the middle of one of those situations and someone comes up and says, how you doing? And they genuinely want to know how you're doing. And here's your answer. At least this has been my answer. Well, considering the circumstances, I'm doing good. But let me just tell you this, that I feel this peace. I can't explain the peace that I'm going through right now because, because my mind tells me I shouldn't be having peace, but I have it. It's God comforting me. And so after that, here's the next sentence that most people say. But I don't know how someone who doesn't have Jesus gets through a situation like this. Have you ever said that or ever seen somebody and wondered, how in the world do they, do they weather that storm when they don't have Jesus? They don't have that resource. They don't have that comfort. You know how they do it? They grit their teeth and they try their best to take the brunt of it. But let me tell you something. If you've been on both sides of that, maybe before you were a follower of Jesus and went through a crisis and after as a follower of Jesus, you still had the crisis, but the difference was you felt the comfort of God because God is our comforter. Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit who lives inside of every believer as the comforter. This need to be comforted actually draws me closer to God. And I have a choice and you have a choice when you have those storms in your life. Here's the choice. I can either, I can either push away from God and get angry with God, which is what when many people do, and we question God and we say, God, if you really were loving and you really cared about me, you wouldn't allow me to go through something like that. Or the other response that you have a choice, I have a choice, every time we walk through those difficulties, is we lean into that. And we say, God, I don't know why it came on me. I don't know why I'm going through this struggle. I trust you. And I'm going to receive the comfort you offered because I believe you're going to get me through this and I'm going to be a better person on the other side of it. It's a choice. The Bible teaches a lot about God's comfort. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so we can give comfort to others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. There's, what we see here is there's, there's this, there are multiple lessons within this scripture. The first thing that I want to point out is, is God is a source of all comfort. God's not the source of all pain. God doesn't cause the bad things to happen, but God allows them for a greater purpose. God's the God of all comfort. In the midst of those, that pain, God is there to comfort us. But then he goes on to say that there are this threefold reason why we, why we have those struggles. In case we're wondering, why do we have those things? Well, we know always it's to bring glory to God. Whatever we do is to bring glory to God. But we also see in this scripture that, that, that God comforts us in our troubles. So, so one of the, the, the things that we get out of trouble is that we feel God's comfort, but also 
that we are able now to have this, once we've been comforted by God and we've gone through that experience, to have a new outlook and an empathy for people who are going through similar things so that when they're going through that difficulty and God gives them the comfort, that I can come alongside of them and also give the comfort that God has given me. God, God kind of squeezes out every bit of good out of those bad situations. The way I like to word it is God never wastes a hurt. God wants to do something great in the midst of our, our pain and our struggles. God is our comforter. He's the source of all comfort. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, that God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Psalm 23, 4, from the New Living Translation says, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. So this idea of being comforted is a good thing, right? On that fine line, it's, it's good to be comforted. On the other hand, let's look at the other side of that fine line. That's number two. The need to be comfortable leads to a life of complacency, independence, and routine. The need to be comfortable leads to a life of complacency, independence, and routine. Do you see the fine line there? That being comforted draws me to God and bring, being comfortable actually sets me up to be independent. Like I have this kind of complacency and apathy toward things, and I'm independent, and and my life becomes a routine. P.T. Barnum said this, comfort is the enemy of progress. When I'm, again, by human nature, I'm seeking to be comfortable, and yet that's not always what's best for me. Sometimes, let me just, I think I, I need to explain something here. Being Getting comfortable is not always a bad thing. Like, I'm not saying being comfortable. Like, if you get a rock in your shoe and you're walking down the road, you need to take that rock out. You don't want to leave it and go, well, I, I, God just wants to be uncomfortable. No, there's a time you want to be comfortable. That's, that's a good thing. What I'm talking about, though, here is when I'm saying this whole idea of comfortable is this, my total trajectory of my life is to, is to center my life around comfort in every area of my life and everything that I do. And anytime I get out of my comfort zone, I don't like it, so I rush back to it even though it may not be best for me. Sometimes God will allow that discomfort because he's got a greater cause and a greater purpose. The Apostle Paul, very important person in Christianity, wrote over half of the New Testament. One time, had, he records it, he said, I had a, what he referred to as this thorn in his flesh. Basically, it was an area of discomfort for him. We don't know exactly what it was. It was something that was troubling him. And he, and he said, he records, he said, I asked the Lord to take it away from me three times. But each time the Lord said, no, I'm not going to do it. My grace is sufficient for you. My power will be shown in your weakness. Paul said, I want to be comfortable, God. I don't like this thorn in my flesh. Please take it away from me. And God said, no, that's, that's not what I'm going to do right now. I know that it's not comfortable, But I didn't come to just make you comfortable. I got a greater purpose. There's going to be something in this experience that's going to help you. It's going to propel the gospel message. It's going to benefit you, but it's going to bring glory to me. And so, Paul, just trust me on this one. I know that it's not comfortable. And and, and let me just say this, and you might want to write this down. If you're a follower of Christ, you you need to start getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. You got to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, because God is more interested in your character than your comfort. 
And I know we don't like to hear that because what we want is just God bless me and make me comfortable so I don't have to deal with anything. And God's like, man, that's not going to benefit you at all. That's not what's best for you. Because this need to be comfortable leads to a life of complacency, independence, and routine. In Mark chapter 10, there is a story that's recorded in, actually in, in multiple Gospels about a guy that's referred to as the rich young ruler. And I, as I like to say, the reason is because he was rich, he was a young, and he was a ruler. But the bottom line is he was very comfortable. He lived, the, I mean, he had it all. He had everything going for him, but he had this gnawing in his heart spiritually. Many of you know what I'm talking about. From a material standpoint, you had a lot of stuff. Maybe at one point in your life, maybe you have it right now. you got a lot of good things going on. you got money in the bank. You drive a fancy car, you live in a nice house, but there's something inside of you that's, it's, it's kind of not fulfilled in all of that stuff. There's this emptiness, and this is what this young man's going, going on in his life. So he's got this life of comfort, but he's got spiritual questions, and so he comes to Jesus, and he says, what do I need to do to have eternal life? That's the million-dollar question, isn't it? What do I need to do to have eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you know the commands. Keep the commands. And the guy said, well, I've been doing that since I was a kid. And here's the rest of the conversation. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. This is a very sad story because there's a man who is looking and longing for something more than what he has currently, and Jesus confronts the issue. And by the way, this is not a prescriptive thing that Jesus was saying. This wasn't a blanket statement that we need everybody, before we come to Jesus, have to sell everything we have, give it to the poor, and then follow him. It was the thing that was standing between this young man and Jesus, his possessions. And so Jesus goes for the jugular. You need to get rid of that stuff. And then come follow me. And the guy is, you can almost, you can almost feel the tension, right? The fine line. Because he's thinking, well, wait a second. That would mean I have to give up my comfort because this is everything. I, this is what's known to me. I know what to expect. I'm rich. I'm young. And I'm a ruler. I got it all together. People look up to me. And you're asking me to get rid of all that? That's what you're asking. That's going to be very uncomfortable. And the man went away sad, for he had many possessions. He chose a life of comfort over what was really important. And unfortunately, many people make that same decision. You may be wrestling with that today. And you're thinking, you mean, you know, if I give my life to Jesus, i got to give up everything? you got to be willing to give up whatever he asks you to give up. And you got to lay down your life to follow him. But it's worth it. Because in comparison, there's nothing that compares to Jesus. So this whole idea, this man, he said, I, I, you know, I, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to remain comfortable. Can I tell you something um, that I have figured out in almost 40 years of following Jesus? That God is working in my life all the time. He's working in your life all the time as well. And many times that, that voice of the Holy Spirit is, is moving me to this place of being uncomfortable, and I, and I push back against that because I don't want that. But there have been some times where, that I've actually, I've actually you know, said, okay, whatever, this, this is how I want to live my life. I'll, I'll do whatever you want, want, want me to do. 
when we started Foothills, it was, it was pushing me out of my comfort zone because this is the only church I've ever pastored. This is, all, this is all I got, okay? This is it. I came out of the business world. Um, I was just somebody who fell in love with Jesus because he saved my soul. And I wanted to know him and grew in him. And I had opportunities. One opportunity led to another, and, and this the course of my life led me to that. I can't explain it, but there was this call in my life where God said, this is what you need to do. And it was very uncomfortable because it was unknown. But I said, the answer is yes. And I've tried to live my life with that idea that the answer is yes. I don't care what the question is, God. The answer is yes. Not later. Not let me think about it. Not no. The answer is yes. I don't care what the question is, God. That's how I want to live my life. I don't always do it, but that's how I want to live my life. You know, I think of our own pastor, Ramphus, and his wife, Ramanita. Some of you don't even know them yet. They're going to be our Foothills Espanol pastor. Perfect example of what I'm talking about. Pastor Ramphus and Ramanita, they were in Minnesota. He's originally from Puerto Rico, been in Minnesota for many years. He was the leading a large organization um, that oversaw hundreds of Hispanic churches across the United States. He was on a, uh, traveling all over the place. Very great position that he had. Um, just wonderful. And, and he came here. And I remember in our interview process, he said, so tell me what you're trying to do with this Foothills Espanol thing. And Pastor Kevin and I said, we don't know. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're looking for. We don't know, we don't know anything about it. All we know is that we want to reach more people. And there's a large population of Hispanic people that we don't know how to reach. And we need somebody who will, by faith, step out into that. And after a lot of prayer, they uprooted from there, left that good position, and came here to the unknown. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Sometimes God calls us to that very uncomfortable place. But I believe that it always, when we say yes to, to God, anytime you say yes to God, good things follow. And I've seen that over and over again. Today is Baptism Sunday. You've got a horse trough here, and Pendleton's got a horse trough there. And let, let me tell you something. Baptism brings us out of our comfort zones. If you're a person who's giving your life to Jesus, and you've never publicly demonstrated that through baptism, because that's what baptism is. It's a public demonstration of something that happened in your heart. And you've never done that, then that's your next step. The answer should be yes. Not wait, not maybe, not when I get around to, but yes. The answer is always yes. But it's uncomfortable. And if I'm in your shoes and, and you're that person, or maybe you're a person who your parents had you baptized when you were a child. And then later you became a follower of Jesus. And you're wondering, well, do I need to be baptized? I mean, I was already baptized. No, baptism, according to Scripture, is always after your salvation experience. So if anything happened prior to that and now you're follower of Jesus and haven't done that, that's for you. But if I'm in your shoes right now and, and I fall into one of those categories, I could come up with a thousand reasons why I should not be baptized today. I could come up with a thousand. But listen, 999 of those reasons would have something to do with my personal comfort. It's honest, right? 999 of those reasons would have something to do with me. But every time we say yes to Jesus, every time we step obediently toward the things of God, they're a blessing. Now, they're not always... I'm not talking about financial, this and that. I just, God has a way of just blessing us. So I'm going to challenge you. 
Maybe you're here, you never, you're giving your life to Jesus. Maybe you're in Pendleton, you've never done that. Maybe you're online and you've never done that. You've thought about Jesus, you know some scriptures and whatever, but you've never committed your life to Jesus because you didn't want to get uncomfortable. And I'm just telling you, the answer needs to be yes, because there are blessings in response to obedience. In a little while, for some of you, what you're going to need to do is, is we're going to give you time, as you might, you might, because one of your reasons might say, well, I wasn't even prepared to do that today. And you think, man, I'm off the hook, because I don't have a change of clothes. You're not off the hook. We have clothes. We have shirts. We got shorts. We got towels. They got it in Pendleton. So that one, yeah, let's just race that one off the list of those thousand reasons. And every one of those things, listen, you can come up with something. But in a little while, you're going to have a chance to do that. Some of you might just need to, to get up and say, you know what, there's a table, table out during the concourse. I'm going to go do that. I'm gonna just going to follow Jesus. Because here's the deal. The need to be comfortable leads to a life of complacency, independence, and routine. That's a dangerous place to be. Now, let me give you the final thought, and then we're going to move to baptism, and that is this. God disrupts our comfort for his benefit, for our benefit and his glory. God disrupts our comfort for our benefit. That's hard to see at the time, but it's for his glory. He's so kind and so loving that God sees us in a place where we're on cruise control and we've adapted and we are comfortable, and we're in that routine that has turned into a rut, and God loves us so much that God's like, no, nope, I'm going to shake this up right about now. We're not going to, that isn't how you need, you need to live above that. You need to, you need to experience what Jesus called the abundant life. I have come to give you life and give it to you in its fullest. That's the life that we need. But here's the thing that we need to understand. Getting uncomfortable, listen, it's scary, it's risky, it's unknown, but now let's put a spin on that. It's fresh, it's exciting, it's new, it's growth, it's progress. Every time we're willing to say, God, push me beyond where I am plateaued right now, God says, all right, let's go for it. And it's, it's hard. If you're a parent and you have your kids, maybe are grown now, but I'm telling you, if your parent has ever had kids at, 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 when they're little and, and you know, it's the summertime and you're going to put them in the pool or take them to the lake and you put water wings on them and you put a swimming tube around them because you don't want them to drown and you put them in the water. The first time you put a kid that's never been in water, in the water, even with that stuff on, it's like they don't know what to think, right? Their legs are like, whoa, hey, this is, uh, Right? But, but they're safe because they've got buoyancy because you put that stuff on it to protect them. But as a good parent, you know that eventually that's not going to cut it. Like, if you were to fast forward in your mind, now that when you're a two-year-old, okay, that, that makes sense. Because you're a parent, you're not going to be okay with that. Because you know that there's going to be a time when they're 13 years old and they get invited to the pool party and, and you don't want your 13-year-old with the water wings and a, and a swimming tube on it because they're going to get made fun of. You, you know that as a parent. So you're like, no, no, we got we to we move beyond this. Or you know this, hey, it looks, it's, it's fine. They're two years old and they're wearing the, this stuff now. But what happens if they were to fall in the water and I'm not around? Yeah, that, 
that could happen. I don't know what that was. That's scary. <laughs> and I'm not around. What's going to happen if they fall in the water? Well, they're going to sink to the bottom. So what you do because you're a good parent is you move them out of their comfort zone. And you get them swim lessons. You ever take a kid to swim lessons for the first time? Oh, you're in for an experience if you've never done this because we've done it. And let me tell you what you do. See, they finally get comfortable wearing those water wings and swimmies, and they're good with that. But the first time you take them to swim lesson and the swim instructor says, okay, they ain't going to wear that today. And you take that little one, and they're looking at you like, okay. You know, they think they're going to float, right? And the swim instructor says, just let them go. We're not going to let them go far. And the swim instructor just lets them go under just a little bit. And they go under that water, and they grab them and put them back out, and that kid is screaming bloody murder. <laughs> Their eyes are this big. Their water's coming out of everything, right? It's just coughing and spitting. It's, it's like, and they're looking at you like, why would you do this to me? Don't you love me? I mean, I thought we were together in this situation. You're letting me drown? What's, what's up with that? And as a parent, man, your heart is just ripped out because you don't want to see this, but you know. You know that this is for their benefit. And I believe that's how God feels every time that we go through those experiences. When God sees us sinking a little bit, he never lets us sink to the bottom, right? He's always got us. And we're kicking and screaming and spitting and our eyes are big and we're going, why would you do this? And God says, you have no idea how much this pains me, but how much glory this is going to bring me and how this is going to benefit you in the long run. So trust me. I wish we didn't have to deal with trials and tribulations. I wish that wasn't part of life. But God knows better. And God says, gives, lets, us, lets us experience those things. Because God is more interested in our character than our comfort. All right. Let me give you some scripture here. We're going to wrap things up here. Luke chapter 9. I, re- I referred to this kind of a little bit last week. But... I want you to look how Jesus is always moving people to this point of being uncomfortable, to push them beyond their comfort zone and what they, where their plateau is. He's pushing them beyond that. So it says, then he said to the crowd, remember, lots of people are following Jesus. He said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, if you try to be comfortable, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are you yourself lost or destroyed? Jesus said, look, if you want to follow me, you're going to get really uncomfortable here. You've got to lay down your life. That's how uncomfortable it's going to be. Let me tell you something. That's, that's hard to do. But it's for our benefits, for his glory. That's why, we, that's why we're on this earth, to bring him glory. Now, look when Jesus is calling his disciples. I'll give you an example of this, right? This is real world example from, from Scripture. One day as Jesus is walking along the, the shore, along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the waters, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come follow me. And I'll show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's son, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called to them at once, and they followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. Now, think about this for a second. 
picture you're the fisherman there. You're, you're, you're Simon or you're Andrew or you're James or you're John and you're a fisherman. And this guy comes by and he says, hey, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, it would have been real easy at that point to go, time out. Follow you? Where are you going? You didn't even give us, you're not even telling us where you're going. You don't tell us what we're going to do. You're not giving us any of that information. We're comfortable doing what we do. This is what we've done all of our life. Every single day, we know what to expect. We're fishermen. Our dad was a fisherman. Our grandfather was a fisherman, and his dad before him. This is what we do. This is known. This is predictable. This is safe. This is our comfort zone. We know that every morning we're going to get up early. We're going to go out there. We're going to fish. We're going to put our nets down and catch some fish. We're going to bring them back. We're going to sell them. We're going to wash our nets. We're going to clean up. We're going to have some dinner. We're going to go to bed, and we're going to do it again tomorrow. We, we, it's not a glamorous life, but I know that it's a safe life. It's a comfortable life. And Jesus is like, I got something better. Come follow me. It's unknown. It's risky. But it'll be the best thing you've ever done. They don't even think about it. They're like, whatever. Let's go. Let's follow that guy. I mean, it's, I don't know where we're going, but the answer is yes. Don't you love that attitude? It would have been written a little differently if they hadn't done that, right? I'm thankful they did it because they set an example. Romans chapter 5, because I think the the million-dollar question, the second million-dollar question I'm going to give you is, why do we experience trouble to begin with? Why would God do that? For his glory, our benefit. Here's what it says. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. What? Rejoice? Rejoice when I run into problems and trials? I don't rejoice for the problems of the trial, but we can rejoice in the trials. Because we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Why? For we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. For his glory, our benefit. God's like, I want to I put something in you, but I'm not going to wave a magic wand. I'm going to allow you to go through some things. If you're going to learn perseverance and endurance and, and, and all of those character, strength of character, the only way you're going to do that is to be put in a trial situation. That's how you're going to grow. Now, again, this is a fine line, right, between being comforted, which is good, and being comfortable, which is not so good. And so we have this fine line we're all dealing with, and we're saying, well, how does this work? Well, here, here, let me just let you kind of think about your own life for a second. We're going to close. The problem with being comfortable and seeking comfort all the time is that eventually it just kind of gets us to the point where, where everything we do is so known and predictable that we can literally put our life on cruise control. We, got, we know, you know we're predictable with our family, our, our, our raising our kids, predictable what we're going to do at work, predictable with... Our hobbies, predict, we know we're going to take kids, you know, to their games or do their thing. We live a life of predictability, and, and uh, th- you know, it's, it's a routine. 
that turns into a rut really quick. And here's the big danger, is that most of us, just being honest, most of us could get through our days doing what we do now without God. Like, we're on such cruise control that our life is so predictable, I don't even need God. That's not a way none of us, we don't want to live that way. I don't want to live that way. Do you want to live that way? I'll answer that for you. No, you don't want to live that way. None of us do. So here's what we need to do. We, We need to say, God, just shake up my life. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Yes. We got a next class. Some of you have never gone through that. You're you're attending here. You you like it. You might be in Pendleton. Next. You know? At Pendleton, we're doing it right after that service. Here, we're doing it after our second service at 1230 to 130. It's an hour of your time. I know that's a major sacrifice on a rainy, cold Sunday, but free food and child care. But man, just, you know, the answer is yes. Some of you need Jesus. You need to lay down your life and invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. The answer needs to be yes. Some of you need to take this step. The answer needs to be yes. Don't don't seek a life of comfort. Live on the edge. Live with that risk and say, God, whatever you want, that's what I want. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the challenges of your word. God, that, that, that... never allows us to get to that point where hopefully that we can just put it on cruise control where we don't even need you. God, I pray for every person in this room because we're, as Americans, we've been conditioned to seek comfort. We're, we're just, we're looking for it. We're, we're, the advertisers play to that. Everything about us revolves around it and that's such a dangerous place to be. So God, I pray that you would shake us up in, in, a, in a way that would, would, would challenge us in a way that we could step out in faith, in a way that would just say, whatever you want, God, the answer is yes. And so I know that for some people that means the answer needs to be yes to Jesus, salvation. And right where you are, maybe you're, you just need Jesus. Maybe you could just offer up a prayer say, Jesus, I need you in my life right now. I believe you died on that cross for me and you rose again. And I'm placing my faith in you, and I'm going to follow you. I'm laying down my life to follow you today. God, for those who maybe have never gone through next, and you've got, you know, this is their church, and they know it, and this is what they want to know. They, they just need to know how to get connected. So I pray that they would, that would, for them, that would be their yes, or maybe it's a person for baptism. God, in our penalty canvas here at Seneca, Lord, have your way. Do what you need to do. If there's somebody here that's, that's been thinking about it but wasn't prepared, and that's one of the reasons, whatever the reason, God, I just pray they say, you know what, I don't even care. I'm just doing what God wants me to do today. So have your way, God. This is your place. This is your time. In the name of Jesus, amen.